Let's take a peek into the 2024 draft class by checking in with CBS sports analysts and football game plans, very own Emery Hunt. That's coming your way next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of the Locked On Giants podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena. Thank you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day, or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And I'm pleased to welcome in a familiar face that you everydayers probably have seen before. And if you haven't, you're in for a treat, everybody. He is good friend Emery Hunt. He is with Football Game Plan. He is also an, a college football analyst for CBS Sports. The man is doing big things, and he still is kind enough to come back and talk to a little peon like me. Stop. How you doing, my friend? Stop it. Stop it. You big time, Patty. I'm always make time. Yeah. He's also, by the way, the best dressed man on the on the Giants uh, beat. I mean, hands down. Emery is it. So anyway, Emery, thank you as always for coming in. I'm really excited to talk ball with you. And, uh, you know, look, the Giants season hasn't gone as any of us had hoped it would go. Um, let's start at the beginning here where, you know, we know about the injuries, but every team has injuries. Not every team has had injuries to the extent that the Giants have had with Who's getting injured? But that being said, when you look at the whole picture of this Giants team, where has it gone wrong for them the most? Wow, it's easy to probably say quarterback, but when you think about the team as a whole, I feel like the offense has been more of the issue than opposed to the defense. Because defense to me is a little bit more, uh, hey, reactionary, go get the quarterback or go get the football, make plays in space, all that stuff like that. Uh, but to me, it's the offense and the lack of playmakers, dynamic playmakers outside of Saquon Barkley. And it shows up every Sunday when you are watching a Giants game. And, OK, if they're slowing down Saquon, who's the guy that's the other threat on offense? And the Giants just don't have that guy right now. Yeah, they don't. And You know, Emery, not having that guy, you know, we, we actually have seen. Isaiah Hodgins, the receiver, kind of disappeared from the landscape. Darren Waller never really got on track. Darius Slayton is still Darius Slayton. They haven't really used Wandell Robinson as much or Jalen Hyatt for that that uh, matter. Why do you think that is? Is it maybe something in their games that that has regressed or just the the whole idea of this offense, which was supposed to open up, it hasn't yet. So why do you think that might be? It really stems from the quarterback position, if we're being completely fair and honest. And the reason why I say that is because he controls who gets the football. And if the coaching staff doesn't truly trust their quarterback to make those plays, they won't call those plays to get those guys the ball. And we know the receiver position is a position where it's not like running back where you can kind of dictate the touches. Hey, we're just going to call a run play here to get this guy going. You got to have 
you know, the, the passes, the attempts. But in order to have that, you got to have the protection. If you don't have the protection, you won't have the attempts. You won't have the opportunities to get those guys the football. And conversely, or to add to that, when you have a quarterback that's probably not apt to playing well on the fly or ad-libbing, which kind of can happen in some place to get some guys going, uh, it really just blows up everything. So it goes from coaches' trust and, and the guy that controls the, controls the play um, in terms of the, you know the position, the quarterback, and a quarterback being able to play above the X's and O's. And we haven't seen him, Daniel Jones, be able to do that. And it also requires that offensive line to really give him some because he's not that guy, give him time to make those decisions to that way he can then build that confidence within the coaching staff. Hey, okay, we can call these plays because he seems to have a good grasp on this. And we're just not seeing the complete unison across the board. It's a lot of dysfunction in that regard. Now, I should have mentioned at the top of the, the program here that we will talk about some of the college quarterback prospects coming up a little later with Emory. But, Emory, let's stick with Daniel Jones here for a second because, you know, you go back to last year, the Giants were drafting, I think, 25th. You know, the, the free agent market was kind of meh, you know. So they really, you know, put themselves in a situation where they had no choice but to sign Daniel Jones. So they did allow themselves an escape hatch after two years. So when they're one year in, He's going to be on the roster next year because of cap reasons. And then if they want to get out of that contract, they certainly can. But you look at the regression, and I think we can both agree that Daniel has regressed from last year to this year. Part of it is due, again, to injuries to the offensive line, the offensive line performance. But in Daniel's game specifically, where has he? do you think he has regressed the most? To be honest, I don't think he's regressed. I think we probably overrated what we saw in 2022 again you bring up the 15 touchdown passes the five interceptions um everybody will quickly throw in there hey what about the rushing yards and the rushing touchdowns i'm glad you brought that up because that's very much important as well but when you look at the yards per attempt he still wasn't throwing the ball deep down the field he still wasn't doing well versus pressure still wasn't performing up to the level that you wanted him to perform against uh, better defenses and better teams because um, when you really break down where he had these blowout games, it was against Minnesota twice. It was against a Colts team that was we saw them picking in the top five um, at the end of the at the end of the year. So for me, it was just Daniel Jones played the same way. He just didn't turn the ball over a lot, which he was able to cut in half. Uh, his interceptions had dropped significantly every season. Um, the fumbles had dropped, so he was protecting the ball, which allowed the offense to stay a little bit on pace. But when you're trying to play that way you're playing not to lose and you're not really playing to win. And I think that's what held them back going into this offseason, which is why I always said they probably should just let Daniel Jones go to go and see what the open market was going to give him. That way, whatever that number was, you could probably work it down a little bit more to get him back into the fold, as opposed to having Daniel Jones have the leverage, um, which he played himself into because of what he, what the Giants did as a team last year. Now you kind of force yourself uh, in a in a corner. So for me, it was like you kind of could have let him go and get his own number and then try to work it back. That way you won't be in a situation where you have to keep him next year or, you know, a, a third year because of the money. You wouldn't have to have allocated so much resources to him and not been able to pay Saquon, who has now shown to be your best player on offense. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, Saquon, you know, they're going to probably ride him the rest of the, the year. Hopefully his ankle holds up. I mean, that's that's a concern uh, for sure. But, you know, just one other thing about Daniel Jones. You know, he's now had a second neck injury in three years. He's dealing with the ACL, which I got to think is going to affect his, his scrambling ability. I mean, is it in the Giants' best interest, do you think, to just say, all right, you know what, Daniel, we love you. We got to keep you on the roster next year, but we're totally going in a different direction. Or, you know, there have been some reports that Giants ownership maybe feels that once Daniel is healthy, give him another crack at it. I mean, at what point, you know, if you were making the decision, at what point do you just say, look, you've had a lot of opportunities. Now you've got another neck injury, the ACL, we got to move in a different direction. You have to make that decision right now if you're Joe Shane and you can't allow, you know, feelings to dictate the success of your job because your job is tied to the success of the football team. And if this guy is not giving you that the the greatest chance of having success, then you're going to look at me as a GM. And then I'm going to subsequently have to look at the head coach like, well, we're not doing our jobs. Like, wait a minute, you didn't allow us to do that job. So for me, it's about, hey, Daniel Jones, we at least know we can trust you for a two to three game stretch. So that makes you a very quality reserve quarterback. And I feel like that's the transition he's going to have to make. We saw them do this with Eli and Daniel Jones. And so now is that time because Daniel Jones hadn't played above that level to where you kind of have to be honest with yourself, get you a guy that can be dynamic, get you a guy that can help play above the X's and O's that can expand the offense that it has the ability to throw the football deep with some consistency and some accuracy and also still has the athleticism or whatnot. I think you have to make the decision because at worst, right. The money says is what it is. He's going to be your highly paid reserve quarterback, which is fine. Cause if your starter goes down, you can trust Daniel Jones to, to go in there and play well for a two to three game stretch. It's the elongated season to where you have questions about is he, or is he not the guy, but in a two to three game stretch, I would want him as my, my QB too. Yeah, definitely. I think that that is where they probably will be heading. But of course, we'll see. Now, coming up next, I'm going to talk with Emery about the top college quarterback prospects. Emery's already done some work on that. We'll get his take on that right after this quick break. Hey, Giant fans, so it never fails. You're watching a game and then suddenly you get a rumble in your stomach. But with so few precious minutes between plays and quarters, often there's barely enough time to run to the fridge and heat something up to munch on. Well, now you don't have to, thanks to DoorDash. Whether you're craving pizza, wings, tacos, burgers, you name it, and DoorDash can bring it straight to your door so that you don't have to miss a second of your favorite programming. For years, I've trusted DoorDash to deliver freshly made meals from my favorite restaurants, whether I'm at home or on the road, and they've never let me down. DoorDash has allowed me to support my favorite small business stores like the Food Architects, as well as local grocery stores. And DoorDash doesn't deliver just meals. They get they can deliver groceries, snacks, and incidentals from local drugstores and convenience stores as well. You'll get what you ordered or that they will make it right. And you can save on all your deliveries with a monthly Dash Pass membership that more than pays for itself after just a couple of deliveries. There's never been a better time than now to join DoorDash, as for a limited time, you can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $10 when you spend $15 or more on your first order. Download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCK23 at checkout. Offer subject to change, terms apply. 
Hey, Giant fans, if you're looking for a fun and different way to play fantasy football this season, you need to check out Prize Picks. Just pick two or more players, predict their stats, and sit back and see how they perform. It takes less than 60 seconds to make an entry, and best of all, you can turn a few bucks into some nice cash with the right projections. Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app, known for its quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and wide selection of players and stat types. And they offer weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts, like Taco Tuesday, when every Tuesday prize picks discounts select player projections. And they offer weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts, like Taco Tuesday, when every Tuesday prize picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. So what are you waiting for? Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash NFL. And that promo code is NFL for your first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trana. My special guest is Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook over at Football Game Plan. He is on CBS Sports. He does play-by-play. The man is all over the place, and he's here with me right now on this podcast. Good friend of mine, go way back, so always happy to see that handsome face of Emery Hunts. Uh, Emery, let's talk about the college quarterback class, if we could here. The top two names, Caleb Williams and Drake May, what do you think separates the two of them at this point, and who is the better prospect at this point? Caleb Williams has the same grade I had on Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes when they were coming out the 2017 class. So he is in the 90s. He is a 90 type guy, right? He's explosive. He's dynamic. He's able to, we talked about this in the first segment, playing above the X's and O's. Well, he's definitely done that. He has to do that every week at USC because they can't stop anybody. So it's good to see him do that and get that experience because he's playing exactly like how Patrick Mahomes played at Texas Tech. That's why I was such a big fan of his game. So he's a far and above. I don't have Drake May as my QB too, but that doesn't mean Drake May isn't a solid quarterback. Um, and I think the difference here is the type of throws Drake May makes under duress is not the same level of the same level as a Caleb Williams. But what I do like about Drake May is that he shows the athleticism. He's a very good athlete. Um, he can take off and run if he needs to. He's also shown the ability to really thrive in that intermediate area of the field um what i want to see him do more is be a little bit more cognizant of pressure doesn't feel pressure at times uh, which worries me when you think about how quick pressure comes at the nfl level so there's a significant gap for me between caleb williams and drake may but it doesn't necessarily mean if you don't if you miss out on those two or you know if you don't get caleb williams that you can't get a guy that you can trust and start and i tweeted this out a couple of days ago you can find starters all throughout the draft, including quarterbacks outside of the first round. So don't, I feel like a lot of times fans get too uh, married to the, the thought of you got to take a quarterback in the first round or you can't get a good quarterback. When we're seeing guys this year, it's a year to backup, right? We're seeing guys play well, keep their teams afloat, and we're seeing quarterbacks over time uh, in recent history that have gone outside the first round and that have had success. We saw Jalen Hurts' second round pick as more recent to go to the Super Bowl. So you can find good quarterbacks, and this is a really good – I know they say this every year, and I'm about to jump on the cliche, but this is a really good year for quarterbacks if the guys that I'm expecting to come out 
come out because that's the other part of this whole equation with this extra year and this NIL guys are being eight year, you know, college football players. I, don't, I ain't blaming them, but man, you know, wrap it up. Let's go. Yeah. Now uh, two part question here. You mentioned that Drake may isn't your number two, who is your number two and how many quarterbacks based on the work that you have done have first round grades in this class? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, right now, my and this is all dependent on if he comes out, but I know we may not see him come out this year, which I'm not a big fan of. But Shador Sanders is my QB, too. You know, he is outstanding in terms of playing the position from the neck up. He's just like Joe Burrow in that regard. He is essentially a Joe Burrow clone in how he plays. But let's say he goes back. So that pushes up my QB three into the QB two spot, which is Jaden Daniels out of LSU. Big fan of him. And again, when you think about, and I tweeted this out back in October, people thought I was crazy. Then everybody suddenly watched the Florida game and everybody came to what I was saying two months ago or a month ago. Um, he runs with the football as elusive and as smooth as Lamar Jackson. Is you When you're watching Jaden Daniels run, you're thinking there's no way he's going to get out of this, this jam he's in. And he does. He really does a fantastic job of just controlling defenses with his with the angles he takes as a runner and when he's throwing the football dating back to his freshman season at arizona state when they beat oregon he is able to work touchdown to check down he has a deep ball accuracy he's been able to put the ball where it needs to be and has shown what i think is one of the more important traits of playing a position is he has what i like to say that dog in him in terms of hey we're backed up we need you to go 99 yards to get a touchdown Shador Sanders has that too, and they've shown it this year to drive the length of the field in a crucial situation at the end of the game to get game-winning points or game-time points, and that's the really the, the the true mark of can this guy handle NFL pressure, which is why I think Jaden Daniels would be a perfect you know QB here, and he's my QB three, but now QB two if Shador goes back. And to wrap up the top five, I, I do have Jordan Travis, and people are not talking enough about Spencer Rattler. Uh, out of South Carolina. He has a live arm. He has been battle tested. He is tough. He has uh, shown maturity from the time he's gone from, you know, what we saw from him at last chance U to Oklahoma to now at South Carolina. I like what I'm seeing. I thought he closed out last year rather well, and he has played this season rather well. They're just not winning a lot of games, but I think people are forgetting about Spencer Rattler. So that's another name to keep an eye on. Emery, knowing what we know about this Giants offense and how it's built, the philosophies and that sort of thing, and, and understanding that there is a possibility that maybe Mike Kafka might not be back next year if he gets a college job or if Brian Dable decides to go in a different direction. But that being said, you have your grades on, on the quarterbacks, but which of these quarterbacks potentially coming out or already you know known to, to be in the draft – do you think would be the best fit for what Brian Dable likes to do on offense? You know, we see, we saw glimpses of it with Terod Taylor and what he likes to do. Right. So when you use that as a backdrop, uh, any one of those guys I named would be an ideal fit, which is why I wanted to stress earlier that if you don't get a guy in round one, okay, that's fine. You know, maybe in round two, you can get a guy, you can take a, a very productive position player in round one. Yeah, you're gaming the draft a little bit and you hope that the guy that you want, you know what I'm saying, is going to be there in round two or you're going to have to work your way back into the first round to back in to get a guy. 
But if you if you fall in love with a quarterback, get one. But I feel like any one of these quarterbacks has that that I've graded. They have that uh, ability to play above the X's and O's, do a great job in situational football, third down offense, backed up offense, four minute offense in the game situations. They all excel there and they have the requisite athleticism that you need to play in today's game. And we, I have a theory and I've been talking about this with a couple of other people and I want to get your take on it. You know, everybody says the Giants have to fix the offensive line, which I think we can both agree they do. That being said, you're talking five guys. Well, all right, actually maybe three. Andrew Thomas is good. John Michael Schmitz is good. So maybe, you know, you've got to address the other three spots. Very rarely can a team fix all its problems on a particular unit in one offseason. So that being said, if the Giants do go for another quarterback, do they need to maybe make sure that that quarterback, I don't know, processes faster or is a better fit for a, a developing offensive line? Because there's no way if they shake that line up next year, that line's going to need some time to gel. So do they need to maybe look at somebody, a quarterback who can process a little quicker than Daniel Jones? Process and, 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 not afraid to use his athleticism without being told to use his athleticism. That's the difference because Jones is a very good athlete. We know that he played basketball. He can run, but he has to be told when to run, you know, and that's the thing you, you need to be able to have that internal clock. I got to get out of Dodge and, and be able to scoot and go. You need that. And you need someone that can supersede pressure. That doesn't need everything to be perfect in front of him. That I'm, I'm like you where I hear people talk about fixing the offensive line. I always wonder what the ideal offensive line would have to look like for someone to at least be competent. We don't see that in the NFL or in football because it doesn't happen. You have to be able to play well, but what's around you. CJ Stroud was out there with a banged up offensive line as a rookie and went out there and was able to have success. We watched Lamar Jackson every season with some key part of his offensive line missing. And then he goes out there and does his thing. Joe Burrow with that offensive line had them in a Super Bowl. So the thing is, you just got to have that ability to play above your situation. The great quarterbacks are able to do that. But if you have a guy that can also buy time with his legs, because think about it. We didn't hear anything about the offensive line when Terod Taylor was back there at quarterback. Why? Because he has good pocket mobility. He has the ability to you know extend and get out of get out of the way and then make a throw down the field. That's all you really have to do. You don't have to rush for a thousand yards, but you can't allow yourself to get stay in the pocket and get sacked. That's not going to work for you, and that's not going to work for the New York Giants because, again, if you keep focusing on the offensive line, you got to get all five positions locked down just to make the one guy look decent when that's not a realistic option or goal. Yeah, it's it's a challenging goal, and I think the closest that they've had to having a – you know, and and I say this loosely because there's no such thing as a perfect offensive line. If you go back to the offensive line they had in 2007, 2008, 2009, that unit, when healthy, was about as good of an offensive line as they've had in recent years. And, uh, you know, to, to try and replace those guys, especially considering they waited to start devoting premium picks to replenishing the talent. Now they've kind of set themselves back and they're still trying to make up for it years later. All right, coming up next, uh, Emery and I are going to talk about round two potential quarterback prospects. We're also going to talk about some other areas on the Giants team that they really need to consider upgrading in the offseason. That's right after this. Hey, Giant fans, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. 
You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, right? So that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I myself have used LinkedIn Jobs to find aspiring writers for the Giants Country site that I run over on SI's Fan Nation. And the process is not only super easy, but a big time saver. Simply add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you like to hire and interview. Don't spend time sorting through endless resumes and dead-end leads. Put LinkedIn Jobs to work to you today for free by visiting linkedin.com slash NFL. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to Locked On Giants. I'm your host, Patricia Trainer. My special guest is Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan of CBS Sports. Check out his work at Football Game Plan. And, uh, of course, like I said, he's on CBS Sports. So he's he's all over the place, and he's doing a fantastic job. So proud of him. Emery, you mentioned uh, earlier in the show that there are prospects anywhere in this draft at quarterback, you know, so if you don't get one in round one, you can maybe pick one up in round two. Obviously, if you're Joe Shane, if you have a, a guy in mind and you're drafting like two or three, I think that as we record this, the Giants are set to draft um, in the second spot. If the guy you want is off the board at that point, obviously you don't want to settle. You don't want to force a pick. So let's, let's play devil's advocate here. You're Joe Shane. The guy you want isn't on the board. What do you do in the first round? Do you trade down? Do you go in a different spot? And then do you, knowing that you have two second round picks, do you use one of those on a quarterback? And if so, who are some prospects in the second round that you think might make for, for an interesting pick? Oh, you know, it's interesting when you think about it that way, Patty, when you, you talk about where you're picking in the top five, it's about elite players. So if the quarterback that you feel as though you want it is gone at pick number one and you think there's a bunch of guys that are good players but not elite you could win with good so take an elite talent at whatever position whether it's offensive line whether it's pass rusher whether it's receiver whether it's cornerback whether it's brock bowers a tight end i don't care get somebody that's elite that can help you win football games don't listen to all the people that's going to type and write about um you know positional value and this this I need to, no one's talking about positional value when you're out there watching the games on game day, right? They just want to know, can this guy play or can he can't play? Um, and so get an elite player if you're not going to take the quarterback that you want. And in the second round, just or even maybe late second round, toss out some names that I think could fit what Brian Dable does offensively. Bo Nix comes into play out of Oregon, played a lot of football. He has actually gotten better every season he's been in college, albeit. 10 seasons but he's gotten better every season he's his first game was against justin herbert i mean think about it jason uh Jayden daniels first game or one of his first games was against justin herbert both of those dudes have been in college for a long time uh but bo nix has done a great job played really well uh has the requisite mobility that you want it's kind of like sam howell in my opinion which is someone that could also fit in in day bowl system so i think nix could as well cam ward of washington state Kind of reminds me of Terod Taylor and what he does. Um, more like a point guard passer. He's going to keep it alive. He's going to scramble, shoot, and, and score. And he can also make every throw on the football field that you want. He can play above the X's and O's. Did so in an incarnate word and transfer it up. 
and has done it for two seasons at Washington State. Michael Penix, you know, another good one. Lefty, uh, he's not the runner that Knicks and Cam Ward is, but he's a very good passer. The anticipation has gotten significantly better than what he was at Indiana. He stayed healthy, most importantly, the last two seasons at Washington, which was huge. So he is someone who's trending upwards, and I love the touch that he puts on the ball when he's going deep down the field. The receiver just runs right under it. It just allows him to keep going, creates his own separation with the accuracy he has on the deep ball. Uh, and with the, the quick you know, quick release he has, it's very much Tua Tagovailoa-like in terms of how fast the ball comes out of his hands to where defenders can't really make a play on it. He's been playing excellent. So I think those three quarterbacks, in my opinion, and maybe I know some people may have them in round one, but if I'm in round two and I take a position player in round one, I'm targeting those guys. I think they all fit what someone like Brian Dayball wants at the position. Every, my friend, always good stuff. I always love having you on. You do your homework. You know, some people don't agree with what you do, but you always back it up. I appreciate what you do. And I hope to have you on the program again down the line, especially as, you know, we learn who's coming out, who's not, and we can start looking at the entire draft class moving forward. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here on the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trainer. He is Emery Hunt. Check him out on Twitter, on social media, on his website, Football Game Plan. We'll be back tomorrow with an all-new episode of the Locked On Giants podcast. Again, thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you again tomorrow.